Hi, I'm Chad. I'm a Gen X grown-up. I support Gen X grown-up through Patreon, and you can too at patreon.com slash genxgrownup. Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel, website, and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown-up. Welcome back, Gen X Grown Up Podcast listener to episode 52 of the Gen X Grown Up Podcast. I am John. Joining me as always, my cohorts and co-hosts, George. <laughs> hey, how's it going, guys? And Mo. Hey, everybody. In this episode, we're going to talk about some superheroes who embrace their dark side, some gear to make your car more connected, and a card game where you can both team up and screw your neighbor. But before we get into that, you know one of my favorite parts of the show is always talking about our fourth listener inbox. The email that I pulled out of the inbox this episode is a kind of a special one. This is from the Corey of the video Ooh. gaming Corey system. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> Sounds like he's got a professional company or something. No, really? <laughs> I think so. The Corey system. Have you yet subscribed to the Corey system? It's a new way of life. Lose five pounds while you play video games. <laughs> Not Nutra system, the Corey system. <laughs> <laughs> we have this video game scheme that we've adopted from our friend Corey, who says that he won't buy a video game unless he can get an hour per dollar out of it. And we kind of yeah. talk about it. We use that to gauge when we talk about video games, right? It's a good benchmark. Sure. Yeah, and yeah. a few episodes ago, we were talking about a few games that we bought that were, they didn't meet the Corey criteria. They were much more expensive than a dollar an hour. And we debated on, on the show that there's like a quality multiplier and some games aren't. And George, you've made some comments about you're not even interested as much anymore and the games being really long. You remember that? Uh, okay. <laughs> I, I don't necessarily remember it, but I'm sure I probably said something like that. That it sounds like we flashback. You know, I will flashback you. <laughs> <laughs> when we talk about the Corey system, I have come around to the idea. I don't necessarily want that anymore. Yeah. I don't want to spend yeah. 700 hours playing a video game. If I can finish a game in one evening, to me, that has a little bit more value than a game that I have to play forever and ever and ever because I can play it. I can enjoy it. Corey wrote in, though, he heard that and he said, look, I'll extend an olive branch that the quality of some games can be graded on a bit of a curve. But the knock on a system per George is, quote, I don't want to play a long game isn't necessarily a fair <laughs> argument against it. So Corey thinks you said it at least. I, I, I think I think he probably did. I'm not really sure that I was. Was I knocking a system when I said it? I don't think I've knocked the system. Let's see what he goes on to say. The system, which he's now admitting is a system. The system has no prejudice on a short game. But if you pay $20 for a four-hour game, I still say it's not a great overall value. If that game's on a Steam sale for 6 to $8, and it will be at some point, then maybe if it's high quality, then the value is there. My impression is just from listening to it is that he's saying that, I guess your comment about, I don't want to play a long game because in order for me to play a long game, I have to, it has to be kind of worth it. Like I have to spend a lot of money. Like if I spend 50 bucks on a game, I expect to get like 50 hours of entertainment. So maybe we need a corollary to the Corey system. We need the, the George multiplier. Is everybody thinking that I don't like to play a long game because that's not true at all. I do enjoy playing long games. Oh, I totally believe that. <laughs> <laughs> My recollection is that you did say as you get older and you have less time available to you that you tend to not want to play a longer game. The fact that it's long isn't necessarily the thing that gives you value. It's just the quality of the game. And therefore that as being the actual measure of 
value to the dollar is not necessarily the thing that you value. No, I'm not agreeing with any of that. That's not what you remember saying? <laughs> no, I don't. I'm not saying I didn't say it because I probably did, but I don't agree that that's what I'm thinking. Oh, oh okay. All right. Like, I mean, because I enjoyed the hell out of Bioshock. That's a long game. Of course. Yep. Yep. And that's one of those AAA titles. Yeah. It's all about the quality of the game. In that case, the story was what really pulled me into that game. I, mean, I, I agree. Because I think I, the first time I think we kind of varied a little bit off the thing was um, I was talking about Edith Finch. Mm -hmm. Right. It was. Yeah. It was, and how it was like a $10 game, but really you could do the whole thing in like four hours. You never get 10 bucks out of it. Right. But it was an awesome four hours. Right. To me, I was like totally worth it. Corey kind of wraps up by saying that, you know, yeah, you could buy a AAA game that costs 60 bucks out of the gate. But if you wait and buy it when it's on sale, you're only dropping 20 bucks on it. So it's all relational. He says, bottom line, if you buy right then when it's on sale, you'll have plenty of library to play later. You hold off for the next great deal. Which kind of means it comes down to, do. do you want to wait or not? You know, is it worth right. it to you? Is that quality multiplier worth it for you when you get a game? Like, I wish I waited to buy Fallout 76. Right. You'll never know until right. you've played it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's just good purchasing technique, really, right? We have, because of things like Humble Bundle, yeah. right? Yeah. We we'll probably have 400 games Stupid in each amount one of our libraries. That I won't touch. That will, yeah, that we won't touch. So we have plenty of things there to keep us going. And that was the whole Humble Bundle thing plays directly into the core system yeah. it's great value for games that you might be interested in playing and then later on you can purchase the other games after they've been out for a while and get them on good sales and stuff i yeah i think that's pretty pretty common sense type i think of thing. it boils down to self-control i have games to play but there's that new game on ready for me and it's not on sale yet can i just play the old game that i have that i bought for two dollars or do i need the new one that's 20 or 40 or 60 because i want to play the new game that's can i wait sometimes i can't that's part of your early adopter mentality yeah it, it for you I know that's it's that's my cross to bear it's true <laughs> although unfortunately mo and i still haven't benefited from getting our mortal combat 11 <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you it's in the mail just wait it's in the mail. <laughs> one thing i'll say that i think the Corey system i think is a really good kind of a good benchmark starting point exactly it's a great yeah. yardstick and metric to start from yeah yeah absolutely right and i'll continue to use it i love it mm -hmm. yep. yeah i well, think absolutely. we all do Corey. i appreciate your writing in and thanks for lending your name to our video game rating system we sure <laughs> appreciate you and we appreciate <laughs> all the fourth listeners that take the time to write in if you would like to have your email read here on the show hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com and you will go right in the queue with that then it's time to get into the show right after this why are so many people drinking diet coke and seeing steve martin and daryl hannah's new movie roxanne it's as plain as the nose on your face just for the fun Kicking it off here, as we always like to, talking about media that we are consuming, whether it be uh, film or music or television. And we have a lot that we've been looking forward to that we talked about. And in fact, one that we were looking forward to when we did our live show from SFGE. George, you went out and hit up the latest Quentin Tarantino film. Ooh. I did. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, mm -hmm. which I keep miscommunicating is Once Upon a Time in America. Completely different film. From <laughs> totally a completely different, different movie. Not the same thing at all. <laughs> uh, yeah, I actually went and saw this last week on, uh, I guess it was opening night. Was the Friday? Was that opening night for this film? Because during the summer, I get confused. Some films open on a Tuesday. Yeah, Thursday, Friday, whatever. Yeah, but you yeah, opening yeah, weekend, you, you caught it. Yeah, fair I enough. Yeah. Sometime <laughs> during the first few days right. of its opening, I'll say that for me, and I love Quentin Tarantino films, but I'm not going to say that I'm a Quentin Tarantino expert. 
this was the least Quentin Tarantino film that Quentin Tarantino has written and directed for wow. me uh, up until probably <sighs> the last 15, 20 minutes. I was thinking driving home from this movie, I had almost the exact same thought, George. We are so on the really? same wavelength. And I, I was waffling oh, yeah, back and scary, forth. That's scary, guys. Hold I know. <laughs> You're scaring me, man. You're scaring me. I, I would. In some ways, it's the most Quentin Tarantino film, but in a lot of other ways, it is the least. It felt so different from like just a deviation from what he typically does. Yeah. In what way, though? What do you mean? I don't want to spoil it because it is a fairly new film, but I expect with Quentin Tarantino, a lot of in-your-face either dialogue or action or mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. else like that that just grabs you and makes you grip onto your seat in some way, shape, or form. A lot of quick cuts, a lot of moving around frenetically in the timeline, something along those lines. That did not happen no, here at all for okay. me. No, no. It was very slow paced and very one dimensional for the first two and a half acts, yeah. really. And then the third act started a little oddly. Like I was like, okay, why are they making a point of telling me this? <laughs> yeah. Why is this there? And then it devolved very quickly into it's the most a Tarantino thing ever. Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> yeah. It was like, holy crap. Yeah. Oh, and everybody in the audience, like, it had been very quiet. There was almost no light laughs up until during then. the first like two hours of the Those film chuckles there was and, yeah little titters yeah, yeah. A little here and there but then during the last 15 minutes it was like oh my god like everybody in the theater was ooing and eyeing together <sighs> man okay. I, all right so so it means it worth it how's it fit in your scale <laughs> well <laughs> i yeah. was wondering if anybody's gonna ask me about the scale um i hate to say this Uh-oh. but i can't tell at this I, point I kind of need to go see it I feel the same freaking way. This is amazing. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Guys, man, that's it. I'm, I'm glad you put that's this it. on I'm the <laughs> I'm glad you put this on the list because I want to talk about it, too. So think about all the mm-hmm. other Tarantino films. Well, the, the, the pivotal ones, like think of your uh, Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, Jackie Brown, A Kill Bill. You know, think about those films. The things that mm-hmm. I enjoy that Tarantino does is like put two or three dangerous people in a room and just feel the gears grinding. When is it going to blow right. up? You know, when is something going to break? The yeah. tension yeah. is the biggest part of a Tarantino film. And there was there was no tension, no tension. in this film. Now, what this was, well, the reason I said it was kind of the most Tarantino film ever is everything he does has always been like this love letter to cinema. Yes. And this yes. was a huge love letter to 70s cinema. Well, oh, 50, 60, he's 70, a yes. huge fan of that stuff too. So. Right. Yeah, usually it's that interlaced with that gritty, dangerous people in a room waiting to explode. And this, it, it, this left out that part and it was just the love letter for a long time, which didn't make it bad, but it kept making me feel awkward. Like, well, when is the Tarantino-esque part of it going to blow up in my face? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It kind of blew up, but not in, the way you think. Not in a Tarantino yeah, way. Yeah. It was, I enjoyed it. But I felt really like on my heels all the time because I'm like, I am in a Quentin Tarantino film, aren't I? <laughs> so you have certain expectation then, I guess. It really is. Yeah, yeah. Everybody knows the two main actors from the trailers are Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio, yep. right? Yeah. John, when the last 15 to 20 minutes of the film happened, yep. knowing that it's a Tarantino film, I personally didn't expect both of those guys to have happened to them what have happened or to be involved in the way they were have happened. Like there was something that normally would happen to one of those two guys in a Tarantino film and it didn't. 
And that still kind of surprised me. And that's why I'm still, the jury is kind of out on this one. I kind of need to go see it again. Mo, you asked where it fits in my scale because I don't know right now, I'm going to go right down the middle with $5 Tuesday at this point. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But because I have the A list, I'm definitely going to go see it again and see how it feels the second run through. Okay. I think it bears seeing again. I think I, I bet you going in again, I will enjoy it more because I now know what I'm going to expect. There was no point was I bored, but it diff- definitely, no. it, I kept feeling like, when is it going to start exactly? Because it wasn't what I expected. Say you guys didn't know this was a Tarantino movie. Like you went in this just, okay, it looks mm. like an interesting movie. Uh, it, it's still a good movie. It's well shot. It's mm. well produced. It's got a, the story is a little meandering, but a good story. It, I think it was longer than it needed to be, but it, it's a thumbs up movie, but it is, I think the Tarantino factor is what like I said, it kind of put me on my heels. What about you, George? You know, I kind of like that Mo asked that question because I hadn't thought of it that way before. I probably don't give this a second chance if it's not a Tarantino mm. film. I probably walk away from this film going, man, that was a lot of <laughs> Stuff. bullshit for no payoff. <laughs> Well, if Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was a highly anticipated film that turned out a little weirder than we expected, there's another film that I got a chance to see that was poorly rated that I'm going to tell you turned out way better than I expected. And that is the Dave Bautista film Stuber. Have either of you had a chance to check this one out? Not yet. Has it hit your A-list yet, George? Well, you know I went and saw it with you. Did you? Oh, you did. That's right. What did I? <laughs> I Jesus can't, Christ, I can't remember. <laughs> I was sitting in the theater next to you. Do you think it was the paper cutout again with the head and the <laughs> Maybe. popcorn stick? What the hell? Uh, On the back of the the Mountain Dew cardboard. (laughs) (laughs) I was sitting right next to you. Okay, so we've established George was there. (laughs) Stuber was in Rotten Tomatoes at like a 10 or a 20% or 30 or whatever. that low. Like it was supposed to be garbage. And it looked funny to me. And again, I had the AMC A-list. So I'm like, yeah, I kind of want to see it. George, you were in town. Let's go see a movie together. This was probably the best non-romantic comedy, the best buddy movie that I've seen in a couple of years coming out of Hollywood. What did you think of it, George? I, it was really funny. I love Dave Batista. He's a former professional wrestler, yep. and of course, he made it big with the Guardians of the Galaxy films, and he's kind of going down that rock path where he sure he's is. taking roles that don't necessarily fit his former his type, wrestling right? type. Yep. Yeah. You know, he's, he's playing off character, and I think he's doing it really, really well. This film was so funny not because of the guy you expected to be funny in the buddy cop film but because of batista delivering such great straight man lines and doing it so well i thought he really nailed the entire role the writing was definitely written for him to do that but he pulled it off awesome i was really impressed in him especially I mean, you say the straight lines but his the way he does comedy and his timing i wasn't prepared for that i've only ever seen him be an ass kicker uh, and and if you guardian of the galaxy i don't really give him a lot of uh, this might be unfair acting credit because he kind of stands there looks like a, a wall of meat and has little one-liners that's not really co- comedic timing right but stuber impressed me i didn't know that he had the comedic chops that he showed in here and i mean i'm sure a lot of that is editing and directing but you can't fake oh, it you have something to work with he, you know? yeah you've got to have some material 
And he has a presence now that, you know, like Dwayne Johnson for me in the past as he was coming up, I, I just want to go see him do stuff. He's just interesting to watch because he's got a cool presence. And he certainly had it in Stuber. Yeah, he does have some great stuff. I think one of the best moments of that is where he and the guy who's playing with him, and I can never remember his name. That's Kumail something. Kumal. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So they're going off at each other and Kamal says something about, yeah, a white cop dragging me to jail wouldn't look good for you. He's like, dude, I'm not white. Not white. And he's like, what are you? And he, and he goes through this he's list of to different guess ethnicities. All the ethnicities he could be. Yeah. And Batista, who is half Filipino, he actually looks at him and goes, oh, and I'm the oh, racist. racist one. And just walks off. And I'm like, it was so perfect the way he delivered that line. It was just because he held his own in that little dialogue quippy yep. moment. Against there the guy who's guy. a pure comic. Yep. Yes. Right. Anyone who is not going to see Stuber who's like, oh, it got bad reviews and it's not. I, this is something like I would love to see a Stuber, too. I want to see those two guys together again. Did they have good chemistry? Mm -hmm. Yes, they I mean, did. Key, I right? laughed I mean, and key, laughed right? and those laughed. Two... I went in expecting this was a, you know, an A-list style movie. That's yeah, free. I'm not doing anything tonight. Let's go see a comedy and we'll laugh at how bad it was. And it was a full price movie for me when I came out the other end. This was well worth it. <laughs> yeah, this would be a full price film in my scale as well. The only thing I'll say as far as their relationship, it reminded me an awful lot of Ryan Reynolds relationship with the cabbie in the Deadpool. Films. Agreed. Yep. They had that yep. same back and forth. Yep. Although the straight line and the comedy guys were reversed, kind of reversed. a little yeah. bit. Yep. But man, <laughs> it was a little embarrassing going to the theater, not with John, but with a couple of our other people who were there because they were a little loud, but they were loud because they were enjoying the film. I think that was probably probably what I took away from it the most that people were enjoying that film so much that no matter how loud you laughed in the film, everybody was okay. They're all with getting it. into it. Yeah. Check out Stuber. It's uh, it's, if you don't see it in the theater, I don't know if it's still out now. I hope it is. I hope it has a long life, but it's one that I hope she gets. I hope it gets picked up later on DVD as one of those cult classics that people missed in the theater. I think it deserves almost that. Well, that kind of covers the things we've checked out in the theater. Let's move to TV. Now, George, you had something you were watching on Netflix recently. Tell me more about it. Yeah. It's a new series that kind of debuted like a week ago. It's called Another Life, and it stars Katie Sackhoff. And essentially, uh, there is a probe. Yeah, yeah right. Starbuck from Battlestar. There's a probe that lands on Earth, then crystallizes itself and starts sending signals back out from whence it came. Earth decides, well, we don't know if this thing is going to try and kill us or it's friendly or what. So we're going to send a ship to go find out where it came from and talk to the people who nah, sent what it. Could go so wrong? Katie Sackhoff <laughs> is heading the mission. And then hilarity ensued. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's got a unique premise. One of the things I like on it is that just like most science fiction, spacefaring movies or TV shows, everybody has to go in a cryo sleep kind of thing, you know, in order oh, to yeah. make the journey right. because like of aliens course, or, food right. and water <laughs> consumption and all. However, this ship, apparently people are a hell of a lot more expendable than they are in any other series I've watched. If John, for instance, quit running Gen X Grown Up mm -hmm. and one of us was to take over, we would be woken up out of the sleep. In this case, if somebody gets killed, they just wake another person up and they take over that job. What? And it, they have backup upon backup of people. <laughs> so in the first episode, they killed <laughs> off like four people. Do you mean like just clones of that person or just another no, engineer clones, or another pilot? Just Wait, new people. humans. They're all humans, just <laughs> oh. new people. And of course, Katie Sackhoff kills one guy. And then the replacement that she wakes up, unbeknownst to her, is that guy's lover. Oh, awkward. So that's going to go really well. As you can <laughs> there are a lot of huge plot points 
and plot holes in this thing that I think a lot of people are going to critique, and it's probably not going to do a second, third, or fourth seasons on Netflix, unfortunately, because I do enjoy Katie Zekoff. She's got a great demeanor and acting ability, but there are things like, they go down to one planet, John. We've watched Star Trek for how long? You pick up Decades. a microbe, you bring it back on board, what happens? Every, everybody, everybody gets, gets, it. gets infected, yep. somebody dies, yep, sure. right? Yep. Alien comes out of somebody's chest, right. something. Right, exactly. <laughs> then, what happens? You go to the next place, you go out, you start opening up your masks, right. and you start smelling Didn't flowers. Didn't you just learn from the last episode right. where you got the like, microbe? Exactly. <laughs> and it's the exact same thing. And they even talk about how stupid this guy was for doing that. And then in the very next episode, they're all doing the same thing. Well, I'm I, like, okay. I think you need to kill him and uh, wake up his replacement. <laughs> <laughs> I think they will, it sounds like. <laughs> At one point, it looks like the entire crew is going to be wiped out from one of these virus things that they bring on board. Of course. And so they're all standing there and they're waiting to be blown out in airlock. And then the computer will wake up the next group of people Ooh. who will take over the ship. <laughs> oh, so I'm like, damn, they don't play with this place. Wow. <sighs> That's like 2001 on steroids. Yeah, very much. Although Hal's not the evil one. It's all the people in this oh. case. So this is a Netflix thing. So it's all available mm-hmm. to watch at once, which is the nice thing about Netflix, yes. right? How much yes. of it is there? Six, eight, ten episodes? Do you remember? Uh, ten episodes, I believe. And I've watched the first five. Hmm. One thing you said to me, when we talked a little bit offline. You had said the thing about Katie Sackhoff. She played Starbuck. And I think you said, yep. And she plays the same character again. Yeah. She, she's the outer <laughs> yeah. space badass, right? Right. You know, in this case, though, maybe a little less emotional because mm-hmm. Starbuck, you know, yeah. went through a lot of stuff in that yeah. series. Oh, yeah. May, yeah, she still doubts herself. She still walks off into the small room where nobody can see her and breaks down a little bit to say, oh, the tough guy has feelings. You yeah, know, that Katie kind of Sackhoff. Thing. Got it. Roger. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> is, is it something you'd recommend, though, or is it you have? Is it for a special audience? Do you have to want to see that kind of sci-fi with some stupid stuff in I it? I think you kind of need to want to see sci-fi with that stupid stuff. It's very well produced. It's got great special effects. Some of them are right. a little off the cuff, you know, but they do a good job with it. It is Netflix, so you know they're putting some effort and money into it. Yeah, you, you know it's not it's garbage place, watching. right? It's not Sharknado, or at least. Well, <laughs> it's not something that right. I would say, oh, make sure you put it on your calendar for the next time it comes around, because I don't think it'll make it a second ah, season. All right. Okay. And Mo, speaking of TV and speaking of things we were looking forward to, there was another series that we said we were definitely looking forward to in the last episode, and so you checked out The Boys on Amazon on Prime. Oh, yeah. What'd you think? So it's eight episodes and it's all there, of course. Just a quick summary. So basically, it's a world that has superheroes. Mm-hmm. Fairly And they're fairly recent, too. Like, it's not like they've been around forever. Like, just kind of recently, they have these superheroes. Essentially, it's kind of like there's a corporation that sort of manages them. Okay. And all these superheroes are, they're probably the way a lot of people would be if they had these powers. So human frailties and flaws and... Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say evil, but like, you had the case, say, like, people who are extremely wealthy, like, kind of go over board with stuff because they have all that. So it's the same kind of theory, but with powers instead. Ah, So a- absolute power corrupts absolutely kind of the philosophical yeah, exactly. debate. All right. There's a group of people and they're called the boys because the guy says, okay, I got the boys back together. Oh, the boys you know, aren't the superheroes. The boys are no, no, something no, else. The boys oh, okay. are the other team. All right. And Carl Urban is in it and he's mm-hmm. like the leader of this group, ragtag group of people. He recruits this one guy whose girlfriend gets killed by a super. Okay. By accident. Like he accidentally kills her right in front of him. He's a little pissed because they won't admit that he did anything wrong because it would ruin his as image. a superhero uh-huh. right so instead they like so to, it's a cover-up yeah, so they try to pay him off have him sign an nda and all that kind of stuff so <laughs> he, yeah i mean it's, it really is like think of it like a celebrity and how like you have handlers when's the last stuff. time you saw a superhero 
show that brought lawyers into it. Exactly. Right? <laughs> Absolutely. They give them like all these like kind of fake background stories because they say, hey, this will play better if you grew up playing mm. baseball. I mean, oh, I mean literally, wow. that's how they did yeah, stuff. Yeah. It went that far. PR. They uncovered that basically that these supers are a lot of them are just a bunch of idiots that are above the law because everyone's afraid of what would happen if they go bad. What would happen if how could we lock them up anyway if we had to? Basically, this group, the boys, they want to get revenge on these supers. They have done them wrong. And each one has a kind of a story where a super has done something to them or their family or somebody like that. We were all three looking forward to this. I haven't had a chance to check it out yet because I just got back from some, some travel. George, have you gotten into it at all yet? No, I was busy watching Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, getting ignored <laughs> at Stuber and then watching Another Life. So I do intend to watch it because it is based on a comic book mm-hmm. franchise. And I've been looking forward to it ever since we found out about it. Probably five months ago, something like that. Yeah. And Seth Rogen's one of the producers. He's a producer. So it's one that once I finish a couple of other uh, binge watching series stuff that I'll just right, So we're going to rely okay. on you here, Mo. So how much of it have you watched? There's eight episodes. I've watched four. So you're halfway through. Halfway through. So we were looking forward to it. Is it something that is paid off on what we were expecting? Is it higher quality, lower quality? What's your feeling so um, far? I think it's better than I expected it to be. I thought it'd be good, mm-hmm. but I think they just got like a freaking amazing cast. Elizabeth Shue is in it. You remember her from Karate Kid and, mm-hmm. you know, Adventures in Babysitting and all that. Yep. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And from a future Cobra Kai season. Oh, is she? Okay. And she's like the head of the corporation, you know, that manages the supers. And she plays like the, I mean, this manipulative, cold. That's not an Elizabeth Shue character. No, <laughs> it's different. not. She, but the that she does it with like the whole sweet, oh, you know, I need you. You're such a good friend, you know, that kind of thing. But uh, she's actually just manipulating the crap out of people. It's a backstabbing. Oh, big time. And she does it so well, which I have to give her credit for that because that's definitely kind of off type for her, I think. And there's like a real story there too. And there's even a little twist that I'm starting to pick up on. They haven't gotten into it in full, but there's apparently more to these supers than they're letting on. I've seen that this actually has already been picked up for a second season. So oh, that's really? encouraging. Yeah, that is very encouraging. Yeah, that I'm is happy encouraging. about that, actually, because I said if, if it continues like it has been, then I definitely want to get a second season. of it. Sometimes I come into these going, do I want to watch it? What if I get invested and they cancel oh, it early? So it's nice you? to know there's a little coming beyond this. So I, I'll leave it on my to watch list now that uh, Mo, you've said it's got some quality and it's going to oh, continue yeah, sure. beyond this first date. This is a Cajun Spice Ruffles potato chip. Now, some people might think it's too hot. No, it's not too hot. It's spicy, yeah. Now it's hot, I guarantee. Mm-hmm. Cajun Spice Ruffles bread potato chips. All right, guys, what do you got for me this week that I'm going to have to spend money on? Let's start with you, George. We're going to start with me? Yeah, let's start with you, George. Because I know John definitely has something, I'm sure. Well, you know John always has something. Yeah, exactly. i got to wait for you to waste your money. No problem. (laughs) The first thing I've got is a little bit more than a question. We, You know, this is the tech and toys segment, and this time this one's just about a toy. So when we went to Megacon recently, I spent money on only one thing, and it was something I hadn't bought at a convention before, but I know John buys them all the damn time every convention i go to with john (laughs) he zeroes in on one of these booths and buys these things and they're the lego minifigures oh sure question is these lego minifigures that you can buy at the conventions are highly specialized Mm -hmm. they're different characters. The ones that I bought were the four boys and 11 from Stranger Things, as well as a Thanos with the Infinity Gauntlet, where you could take off one of his hands and snap the Infinity Gauntlet on oh, cool. its place. Cool. Yeah. And these are all like handmade too, aren't they? Well, and well, so there's my question. There's where I want to get to. 
are these things handmade? And if so, or if not, rather, where are they being manufactured? Who's manufacturing them? Because I can't imagine the licenses and royalties and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. All going through the fact that it gets to a convention experience where those guys can sell them for two, three, five dollars because that's such a low price point for that thing. How are they able to do that? Now, John, you've bought a crap ton of these things. And I you sure have. Travel all over <laughs> and the world I'll continue and buy to buy them. more. Yep. <laughs> because you bought some what I might consider knockoff Lego minifigures because oh, they were other brands. That's right. From a couple of different, like you bought me an Avengers set and a Guardians of the Galaxy yep. set. But who's manufacturing these things? Because they don't look hand painted and there's too many of them that are similar to make me believe that they are. They've got to be being run off an assembly line. You're somewhere. right. Yeah. You know, I picked these up because they're kind of like pop vinyls. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, with pop vinyls, it's like, can we figure out a way to force every single character known to man into the same little shaped box with the same shaped right. head and it's kind of cute. And Lego minifigures for me are kind of like that. It's like, how can we get anybody from Kill Bill's The Bride to Pennywise from It to The Terminator all in this exact same height of little minifigure with the same little legs and arms and head? You know, it's how can I jam it into that? And a lot of them started with Lego. You're right, because they get licenses for your Star Wars and your Avengers and your things like that. But luckily, when I get to travel over to Asia, they're not so uh, uptight about copyright infringement over there. (laughs) (laughs) So where if you went into a store in America and somebody had a knockoff Lego on the shelf, it would quickly be off the shelf and someone at Target would be arrested and be a big problem. Sure. Uh, Yeah. When I travel overseas, I walk into a store and it's hard to find real Lego because they're too expensive. There are lots of brands called, you know, Ego and Let Goo and and Let G (laughs) and whatever. And and the logo is still red and white. And even more so with the minifigures because they're so collectible, there are some companies that just make those. So what I have found is there are like three or four tiers of these minifigures, George. There's ones that are actually Lego that they mix and match. So they'll go, oh, you know, the head from this and the the helmet from that go together and they kind of look like a this. Okay. So they're approximating a character with Lego basics. Yep. Yep. That is that is one level. There's also the upper echelon that aren't what we're buying at conventions for cheap, which people actually do clean off the screen printing from Lego, do their own screen printing on real Lego bricks and sell those. But those are usually at a premium. That's That's expensive. Rather, overseas, people are you find a popular character like you found Stranger Things. Mm -hmm. They're getting higher and higher quality and they're fun to collect like those pop vinyls. But most of what we're finding at conventions are definitely being manufactured, ashamedly so, probably in some sweatshop for a nickel an hour by somebody running these through <laughs> a press and they don't look bad. They actually look pretty good. No, the Thanos that I bought now, and you talked about shrinking them down into a certain size and everything, yep. but not all of them are that way. Like the Hulk that you got me in that one set, the Groot in the Guardians of the Galaxy, and then this Thanos, they're much larger yep. than yep. a regular minifig. They're like these big buffed out characters. They're only a couple of pieces. There's kind of like an established size for the giant figure. Like I've seen Thanos, the Hulk. Right. I've seen people repurpose that into Wreck-It Ralph. I've seen people repurpose that into Donkey Kong. Yeah. If you need a giant character, that's kind of a secondary, but even those get copied, you know, whatever Lego establishes, you know, the knockoff companies are duplicating and rolling out their own. And so these knockoff companies are producing them. And you think that the guys at the conventions are what they have overseas ties where they're buying them in bulk overseas and then bringing them here or shipping them here and then selling them at the conventions, because that's the, the part of the journey I'm, I'm never quite sure of because those the guys running those booths at the convention, some of them look really big and professional, like they've been doing this for a long time. Yep. And then other of them look like 
it's just mom and pop who had some in their garage and brought them to the convention. Yeah, most assuredly. You can, and it's not very hard to get them either. So I mentioned Wreck-It Ralph. Lego does not have a license for Wreck-It Ralph, and I'm a huge fan of Wreck-It Ralph, but I was able to order on eBay a set of uh, Ralph and Vanellope and Fix-It Felix and Calhoun that no one has ever made, but someone overseas made, and they're great. They're screen printed. They have custom arms and heads and faces and hair that you would never get otherwise. And so I'm sure these guys at conventions are able to do what I did, but in bulk because no, sure. they're so cheap. Even after importing, you're still going to come out ahead selling them for four or five bucks oh, a pop. Yeah, I'm sure. They're a pretty cool collectible. And I just wanted to ask that question because yeah. I it just didn't make sense to me that we, there's so many varieties of these things. They look so good and yeah. yet they're not yeah, Lego. Now, I want to go buy some more now. You just, Damn it. <laughs> there's some I haven't well, before seen. Before you go buy some more of those, <laughs> why don't you jump in and tell us about whatever tech gadget, new early adopter thing I'm gonna make you buy. that you're going to try and make <laughs> Mo and I spend money on this week. I'm sure I'm going to buy it. It's a little bit of a shortcut because this is something that I made Mo buy once before and there's a new version. Oh, oh man. No. <laughs> You're familiar with in all modern cars that were made after, I don't know, 1997 or something. Six or something like that. There's yeah. this plug underneath the dash called the OBD port, onboard diagnostic. Oh, yeah. Mine's hanging by its cable. So that is really designed initially for when you go to the shop, they can plug it in and talk to the computer in your car and they have a special tablet they can use to read yeah. that. Well, in recent years, people have had other ways to use that with the advent of, you know, tablets and computers that are more portable and powerful. The first time I utilized this, you could get a special cable that plugged in your serial port you could plug in and you could read the diagnostics that your garage could do so you can if there's a your check engine light is on you can find out yourself what it is and even reset those errors and i thought that was neat mm-hmm. but then i came across i don't know four or five years ago there's this company called automatic that makes a little dongle you plug into that obd port and it lives there 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and it logs everything about your car for you in the cloud. Now, some people might think yeah, that's cool. scary. It is a little bit, but that's right. But I think it's awesome. When those first came out, they were they came with like four or five years of, you're going to get access to like a 3G network, so all the data will go up in the cloud for you. But what happens after that? Who knows? Well, now we know right. the initial ones that came out are going to die at the end of August. Oh, I was trying to figure out from a business model how they could sustain that <laughs> myself when I first bought it. Because I'm like, like, oh, yeah, it has LTE connection. Blah, blah. I'm like, but I'm only paying it for it once. So how does this work? You can't do it forever. Right. Right. So before we talk about the new one, let's talk about what it does. So it plugs in and you have an app. It knows everything about your car. When did you start it? How fast is it going? Fast starts, fast stops, anything that you can get off of that OBD port, RPMs, oil warnings, tire warnings, everything. It knows all that stuff, but then it can send it to your app on your phone. It can tell you about trips you've taken. If you've been hot rodding it, it'll tell you and you get your monthly report. You know, here's all the times you were taken off too fast or slam on the brakes too fast. And it's good if, if you have a, a team that's driving, you can track yeah. them and find out, hey, you know, I got your report and it says here you were, you're kind of jackrabbit starting it. Yeah, <laughs> you're speeding too much. And because this talks to a cell signal, it also knows where it's at at all times. So if something happened to your car, if the idiot that stole your car maybe didn't know to take it out, you could pinpoint exactly where your car is because this thing is always talking to the cloud. Oh, like kind of like one of Moe's tile things. Not like a tile, right, because it it knows its location. Yep. The other thing it has that I like, though, is that if you put in like your gas fill-ups and stuff, you you track it, it'll actually give you a pretty accurate mileage, like how you're doing as far as gas mileage. Wait, have you already bought this thing? I got the original one. I got, yeah, I got he bought the original oh, years ago. About the original yeah. One. Yeah. Okay. And I put every single fill up into it. I say, you know, where I bought it. Yeah, I do too. How much gas I put in and what it cost. It knows most of those things already. You just tell it the volume. And then because every single time you start and stop your car, it's a trip. You can look in there and say, 
well, let's see. I drove from my house to the theater across town. It will tell you down to the penny how much that trip costs you with your mileage, right. with your driving style. It's really, and for a stats nerd like me, it's a great way to add some tech to your car, but the old ones die. Tell me how many times I yell at the other drivers. Will it tell me that? <laughs> I, I don't think it'll tell you that. I'm just going to say no, it's I'm most all the time. Just save, just save the technology on that. Yeah, do you really need that? a special gauge for that? Or <laughs> I have a special gauge. It's just not one anybody wants to he see. He wants a counter. It's just seven, eight, nine, twelve. <laughs> So the old ones are going end of life. So I picked up the new automatic. It's the AUT450C. It's just the name of the new one. It has all the same trip tracking, the engine diagnostics, real time. Plus it adds in roadside assistance, Alexa skills that you can talk to it with. Really? The added thing that I think was really neat was you can put in an emergency contact. So if your car is in an accident, it can perceive that from the extreme stop and the G-forces. It will immediately contact that person on your contact list to say, this person in this vehicle was in an accident and would tell you. That's kind of scary. Like you get a robot text message, your husband is dead. He's just in a cart. No, I don't think I want that to happen that way. I'm, I'm guessing they don't phrase it that way, George. I, think. I hope not. So I love the fact that I can have all that extra tech in my car. I like all that nerdy stuff and I like the stats. Some people think it's a big brothery thing and I understand that, but I don't begrudge the automatic company for wanting to put out a new one because they've been supporting my old one for like four or five years and I spent a hundred bucks on it all that time ago and it's worked perfectly. I, I'm going to keep on using them. It's a subscription service. You're paying about 20 bucks a year because you said it's like you got it yeah you're gonna last about four years that's what it rolls out to yeah yeah that's not no it's a it's a good good policy is this something mo you think you're gonna you're gonna bite the bullet and upgrade or are you done with automatic have you enjoyed it no no no, i'm gonna buy it (laughs) (laughs) that's like i mean i'm not even gonna fight and argue it i'm gonna buy it because a couple things i thought were just kind of nice too is like i mean little things like for instance like it since it knows whenever your car like you can have it sent to your phone like whenever your car starts or stops yep and if i ever like valet parking or something like that yeah you know if they mess with your car oh. i know they got my car i know where the car went i know where they're when I, these jerks just went on a ferris bueller road trip. <laughs> exactly. yeah, i would totally know that yeah and also i mean and i like that kind of like the mileage and just seeing like wow it cost me two dollars and 35 cents to drive to work every day you know i mean it's just again yeah. it's just stat stuff i don't but think i want to know that i'm, I'm gonna be in the hole <laughs> george is happy to have blissful ignorance that's just i just it's just gas it's just it's all gone yeah. <laughs> well let me ask a question of you guys since both of you had the original and you're both getting the new one uh-huh. john you have a nice new midlife crisis car <laughs> yeah that's a good word for it actually oh well mo has a nice midlife crisis pickup so don't get on me fair enough <laughs> wait, wait i don't know if this is, is there such a thing really <laughs> well there is apparently you got it I, so i have a 12 year old kia yep. it's on its last legs i've put i'm probably doing my final repair i'll ever do on the car before i just say you know what it's time to move on right. to a different vehicle sure. at this point is this type of a device worth it if my Kia lasts another four years, which I think it might. Well, you could transfer it to another car. No, I get that, but I'm saying like the stuff that this thing tracks, how will it help me with an older car? Or is it mainly for people who have the newer vehicles and it benefits them a little bit more? For an older car, I probably most interested is like, how is it performing? Because mm-hmm. you would get all those performance information on it. So you see like, holy cow, I'm getting eight miles a gallon. And that may say like, you know what? It's probably worth it for me to get a new car at this point. I got <laughs> you. I'm not going to improve it that much. So I can use it to prove to my wife that it's time it's to, time let to me get buy a new car. car. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. They're added. Right. 
right. benefits that an older car would get out of this that we're not getting with newer vehicles because the whole point of that OBD is to see what's wrong with your car. So if a engine light comes on, you can see what's wrong. You can read and you can even reset warnings if you need to from in there. But you can be more informed about what's wrong with your car if it's having problems than someone like us that is, you know, it's new enough that it's not running into problems. Someone has rampant issues with their vehicle. They're going to be more informed than they would otherwise be because all that data is right there in your app. You're going to get an alert when something happens. So I think there's value regardless of the age of your car, as long as it supports it. Okay. Yeah. Well, the reason why I was asking, I have like a cheaper OBD device. Uh-huh. It has an app on the phone, but then you have to pay all these extra fees to use it and everything. But this device sounds like that it's a more fleshed out device that you get all of the benefits from the initial purchase. You don't have to buy this extra stuff where you get to look at all the stats and it sends you the alerts. That's all included in the one-time price, right? It certainly is. Now, they do have an extended service that is a subscription on top of that, but I've never purchased it and I've never needed it. Yeah, well, I mean, I, to tell you the truth, I don't even know what it has in it. Yeah, I don't either. I'm not missing anything in it. it. It adds some more functionality, but right now it does everything you want for the flat rate. And if you love it, there's more to be added if you want to do like $5 a month or something, but uh, you don't have to. Uh, you're going to get everything we okay. talked about for the purchase price if you want it. So John's got me to buy something else again. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> and to tell you the truth, it was already in my shopping cart before we even talked about it because we had talked about it ahead of time. So it was just a matter of me clicking purchase. So it's on. I'll have it tomorrow. Why is it always my fault? <laughs> it is your fault. <laughs> well, George has something. Maybe there's something that we can blame him for. He's he's playing with tech too. Well, uh, well let's see. I don't know. Okay, George, give us what you got. <laughs> so I appreciate that ringing endorsement there, Mo. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's George. It's probably it's junk. <laughs> I mean, some about Lego minis. Let's see where he goes from there. Wow. <laughs> Lego minis are cool, man. What the hell they is your problem with Lego minis? That's right. Wow. I, I did you not say the they line. weren't. That's it. I, That's I, it. I didn't say they were bad. I just said, let's see where he goes from now. there. It's another kind of a question to this one. Instead of being a toy, this is a tech device. I have always struggled with trying to replicate what John has done in his house. John has these little media PCs all over his house. He was a mm-hmm. cord cutter a long time ago. I've always struggled with that because convincing my wife to allow me to build those little mini to build PCs. a bunch of little they, computers they usually, all over the house. <laughs> yeah, they cost like 100 to 150 bucks. And obviously the money savings is there because once you build it one time, that's what you use from then forward. You don't have to keep paying those monthly rental fees on your cable box right. or direct TV right. selling you a bunch of equipment or whatever it is. So you get your savings out of it, no question. But convincing the wife that a one-time purchase of $150 six ways because we have six televisions in the house, yeah, you know, that hurts. that's a little different. So recently I put pulled out a couple of my Amazon fire sticks that I had for travel on the Amazon prime day that they just had a few weeks ago. They had all of those Amazon products on sale again. And the fire sticks were down to like 20 bucks or something like that for the regular one and 40 bucks, I think for the 4k. So I bought one of each just to bring them into the house and try them. I am finding that for all the ways that I consume media, whether it be on Netflix or Amazon prime or Plex, even with my Plex server, Mm -hmm. these Amazon fire sticks are awesome media PCs. I don't have to go build that $150 little micro thing. I can just play 
plug one of these into an HDMI port on the television, plug its USB into the little USB port on the television, and it's awesome. The little remote control with the Alexa skill and everything on it is great. They update themselves perfectly all the time. The apps are right there. What do you guys think about using Amazon Fire Sticks as media PCs? That's what I do. I mean, that's what I have. My okay. main TV, I have a Fire Stick in it, so I plex through it. I do everything prime, even like YouTube app. Yeah, I saw a YouTube app on well, there. Well, there was a fight for a long time where YouTube pulled their app because with Amazon. Well, because they're Google and right. they have Google Cast. You now know. they put it back, so it's there. And then I have another TV that was Amazon whatever enabled, like it was built into the TV itself. Sure. Which yep. also works just as well. It's all wireless too, so that, that saved me a whole lot of effort there. I like it as an alternative and it's really affordable on top of everything else. You guys are living the glorious life of the late adopter. That's what you're doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> when I cut the cord, there wasn't any kind of... Roku was on the kind of bleeding edge, but they sure. they weren't cutting it yet e- either. And oh, so the yeah. only way oh, I could really manage on one, remember? what I needed to do was to build dedicated PCs at HTV, like you said. Oh, yeah. And, and plus back then I was using... Uh, it was called XBMC, now called Kodi, and mm-hmm. it didn't have apps on anything so you need a dedicated pc to run it uh and now that i've migrated to plex and now so i share my plex uh, server my wife was looking the other day how many people you, you share with and i showed her the list and she's like damn like well, it's, it's just friends it's people that i know <laughs> the, the reason i'm able to share with so many people now and friends and whatever and it's easy because they don't have to do what initially george i was telling you you needed to do is build a computer mm-hmm. is so i like i share with my brother my brother watch which is my plex server he has nothing he has a tv that has plex in it and he could just watch yeah. it mm-hmm. so he doesn't even need that fire stick so yeah, if I had it all to do again, I probably wouldn't put PCs at each of these different locations. I would do a you know either a little Roku or a Fire Stick or a Chromecast, whatever they Cast, have version. Yeah, one of those deals. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately. <laughs> The way I did it is no longer the right way to do it. It's just I haven't thrown them out and bought one of these Fire Sticks yet because they handle remote control, like you said. The, they have a handheld remote that does everything you need. You don't have to deal with booting it or Windows updates or all that crap. Right. It just works. It just works. Yeah. Yeah. It's far superior than the way I ended up doing it. But uh, yeah, you've gone down the right path. You should keep doing that. Yay! It's- for the late adopters. <laughs> Frankly, I should undo the ones I've done because I know that my wife is frustrated because sometimes, you know, the Plex app doesn't do what it's supposed to and it's on the PC and how do you get the right window? And I'm like, if she could just turn it on and, and Plex was there or Amazon was there or Netflix was there, she would end up much happier. So yeah. I would improve that uh, that WAF we was talking about in my house. It's the wife <laughs> acceptance factor that's required on certain technology. <laughs> it would be boosted by switching to George's methodology. For, for 20 bucks, me to say. <laughs> for 20 bucks for 20 bucks dude you can have a happy wife that is a hell of a bargain sold <laughs> good morning burger king presents breakfast to go yeah to go Chris sandwich to go Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time for the Generation X game segment. Hooray for the game segment. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, do you finish? Because I'm happy I can yeah, use the whole thing again. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> All right, smartass. What are you playing, Mo? <laughs> so I'm playing a game. That has, it's, it's an indie game. It's called My Friend Pedro. My Friend My Pedro. Friend Pedro. That's the name of the game. <laughs> Is it Napoleon Dynamite game? or It's a side-scroller shooting game. All right. Yeah, get right down to it. Are you shooting Napoleon Dynamite? No, or? you're shooting gangsters. No? It has this, like, oh, a very, gangsters. It has a really bizarre, weird storyline. The dynamics in it the, is really fun. Actually, I'm having a blast playing it. And it's also one of these nice kind of mindless games that you could pick up and put down and not have to worry about where you are really necessarily. So where does the name come from? What, what, the, what the hell is my friend Pedro have well, to do with it? Pedro apparently is a banana that talks to you. Wait a minute. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. He's a banana gangster. <laughs> A banana that talks to you, that tells you advice about how to like play the game. And what? Yeah, I know. Just just go with it. Just I just leaned into it and just went with it. The, but the play itself is fun. I mean, use normal controller and stuff with it. But they have a couple of neat little features, like I guess again, side scroller. So if things are shooting at you, you could do like a there's a button that you could dodge bullets and you kind of do this jump spin move. And while you're doing that spin move, you could be shooting. So it looks awesome. You do wall jumps like, as like well, a bullet kind time kind of thing, like the matrixy. Well, no, then there's a separate slow down time, which oh, you can do oh, for a certain. Oh. <laughs> so there's two separate things. So one's like a jump spin move. I, I was it clear if it was a banana move or a matrix move. My mistake. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> you yeah. were slipping it's, on a peel, running down the track. You know, wall jumps you could do to get up levels. And, and as you're doing the tumbling and stuff, the cool thing is that you could shoot while you're doing it and you get extra points for like style. There's things to swing from. I mean, they put a lot of variety into it that so far is keeping me engaged on it. Well, that doesn't sound just like your average shooter game. So what platform are you playing this on? Uh, Steam. Okay, so on the PC, do you know what you, what you paid for it? And uh, what have you gotten out of it? Yeah, it, it was on sale. I paid uh, $9.99. So okay. it's a 10 buck game. That's fair for most indie games, I think. Yeah, really. exactly. And, yeah. and, you know, we're all big supporters of indie games as well. So I was like, all right, let me give it a shot. Got really high reviews, though, across the board. And I was looking for a good, just, you know, mindless side shooter that I could just yeah, sit there and pick guys. up sometimes. You know, just yep. shoot people. Make me feel good about myself. <laughs> and so, <laughs> <laughs> and so <laughs> we'll get Mo to his therapist after the show. Yeah. I can't get time this boost. week. Let why me I shoot it. someone. Yeah, they're gangsters. So it's fine. Oh, right. <laughs> right. It's like if they're Nazis or zombies. It doesn't count. You just shoot them. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's a little crude in some parts. Like the animations probably could be a little bit better. But overall, though, it doesn't really affect the gameplay. And really, that's what it comes down to. Like, how fun is it to play? And I how fun is it to play? And yep. I think it's a really fun game to play. I'm having a blast. I think I remember seeing this, and I I might pick it up now that I've heard your description. No, you already I bought wasn't it. A, wasn't aware of it. Did I buy it? Okay. <laughs> yes. You, Wait you a minute. How do you know I already bought it? it. <laughs> you probably bought it during Steam one of the Steam sales. Steam tells you oh, your friends have it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It must be one of those I bought in a bundle. I don't remember. It probably was because I. So I, it's free I, to I, me. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> I own it. <laughs> yeah, you didn't pay for it before. Yeah, it doesn't count. That's that's my money's gone. <laughs> Good game to play. So, George, what have you been playing? Well, I haven't been playing anything video game wise, but... <laughs> That's right. You cut the cord there too, huh? Yeah, pretty much. You know, <laughs> While we were at Southern Fry Gaming Expo a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. we all sat down as we often do and tried to play a few board games. One of them was a little fun, but you had to know English really well. And my wife quite <laughs> didn't. Even from the Philippines, yeah. So that game didn't go over as well, although it was fun. So your team lost that one. Yeah, I remember yes, that. Yes, yes. Yeah, we did. We won. <laughs> The second game that we played was a card game called Kahoot. Oh, yeah. That oh, was yeah, great. yeah, yeah. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Four player game. You can apparently play it with three players as well, but it's traditionally better with the four players and four players only version that we played. You get to 
have suits of cards. And I think if I remember right, they range anywhere from the numbers four up to the number eight, I believe that it sounds was. Right. Yep. Sounds about right. And yeah. there are six different suits. So there's clubs and hearts and diamonds and purple clovers and whatever other lucky charms. <laughs> and horseshoes and rainbows. Yeah. <laughs> Each person gets a card to start out that's randomly handed to them, and it has three of the six suits on that card. And what that card means is that at the end of a turn, whatever suit had the most points played in that turn, those players who have that suit on their card will win points yeah. in that round. It's a trick-making game, like gin or rummy or something, as I recall. Exactly. Yeah. But the odd thing is, the three suits that you have on your card, you share one of those suits with Everybody. each of the other three right. players everybody yep and so depending upon what cards are in your hand in that round with what point values because the higher the point values obviously the better you can make alliances temporarily during that round with the player across from you the player next to they you they actually encourage it i think very <laughs> fleeting alliances <laughs> right and it's in the name of the game it's yeah. cahoots yeah. and so yep. then the next round you so the whole thing is trying to find a way to get people to do what you need them to do so that you can accumulate the most points by the end of the round, which is when right. everybody's well, playing them cards. as little as possible. <laughs> <Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> I remember going back and forth to like, come on, Mo, let's work together to screw you, Mo. You sh shall not get yeah. any points. <laughs> exactly. Like, we in the same hand sometimes. It's, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's funny. <laughs> uh, one thing I thought was interesting, oh, I thought was pretty creative about the game was how you use the cards as counters. Yeah. Instead of any like uh, tokens or anything. Instead yep. of tokens, you actually use the cards. So the decks right. get smaller. And you have fewer, fewer cards to play with as you progress. And then so the game has like a definite start and end. So, you know, like, okay. Yeah, once you're out of cards, that's it. That's right. the end of the game. So you say, yep. okay, we know a Cahoots game's going to last X amount of time, which is kind of cool. One of the things I thought was a little limiting, which I don't know how they could solve it, is the fact that you really need three or four players. Like, there's no other For it to option. be good. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you, you can, know, play, you with can two, play with two. But... With other people, with other That accounts. all depends on those printed cards, right? The printed cards that they hand out at the beginning of the game, having three out of the six right. suits, that's what really determines the player count. Because if you think about it, you have three on there because there are six suits. And the reason why you have three on there is because they expect there to be three other people playing with you right. and you're sharing a suit with each one of those players. It's part of the mechanic of the game, like the number of suits versus number of players and all that is totally relevant. But I would want to play this with less than four people, though. I, I was not. about because to say, if you play, they say yeah. right on the on the box, it's for two to four players, but anything less than four will suck so much of the fun out of it. Yeah. That is the best part mm -hmm. of that kind of finagling and screw your neighbor and work with your neighbor all sim kind of simultaneously and that was the laugh factor for it that made it really fun outside yeah. of just a regular card game. Yo, yeah, because yeah. there's no point in playing that game with two no, people. Yeah, not really. With the four no. people, it's like you always you have an opportunity to work with or not work with everybody, which is little awesome. alliances here and there. And it's super cheap. I went looking and it's like like under 10 bucks. It's not tough. Oh, is it? It's just really? a little card game. Yeah. Mo, I'll give you a link. You can throw it in the show notes down oh, below. Absolutely. You can go pick it up from Amazon for under 10 bucks delivered. It's it's hard to go wrong if you like playing card games. I think I enjoyed it. You picked it out and, and I might get one myself. <laughs> yeah. Fun game. Easy to set up and learn the rules really quickly. I think we probably read the rules through. It took us like five minutes and we were into the game. And we probably had it figured out by the third or fourth round, probably. Yep. It was definitely the best game overall that I played at all of SFGE. And it's kind year. of chess-like, like easy to learn. And there's a lot of strategy that you can oh, sense yeah, is tons. in it. And it's going to take some time to figure out how to how to best manipulate people and what cards say your keep, cards or play your cards. It was a really good game. My roommate said, gee, Shelly, your skin looks really good. It couldn't be because of Dove. I said, Jen, it must be. We asked women to give up their soap and use Dove for seven days. 
I had some dry spots right here. After using Dove for seven days, they're gone. Before we button up another episode of the Gen X Grown Up Podcast, we always like to take a moment here toward the end to talk about things we're looking forward to between now and the next time we get together. And myself, I have tons of travel coming up in the next <laughs> couple of months overall. So rather than a specific thing I'm looking forward to that's coming out new, I'm going to take advantage of those long plane rides to catch up on stuff I haven't watched yet. I'll watch The Boys. I'll watch Another Life. These things you guys have uh, suggested that I want to see. Uh, but Mo, what are you looking forward to between now and when we talk again? I'm looking forward to the final season of Preacher. I don't know if you guys ever watched oh, that show. Oh, yeah. Is that wrapping up? It's wrapping up. Um, oh. Actually, I think there was some doubt whether they'd have a fourth season. Okay. Because <laughs> it's an odd show. Yeah, it's kind of been on the bubble every yeah, season. It's, it's an odd show for sure. It but is. I always yep. got into it just because I thought the strangest was cool. I'm happy to see that they're actually going to do a final season where they're going to wrap everything up. I love when shows can do that. They know, know. it's the final season. That's great. Right. Rather than knowing like it's our last three episodes and they got to rush through something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't often get that with with like broadcast or cable television shows like you do with Netflix because they just tell you right up you're getting the season yeah. that's yeah. it but this being on cable you don't often get the chance to finish out a season the way you and want Preacher to. deserves that too. Yo, I think so too. I mean the storyline is just awesome on it and it definitely gets complicated and it's twisted and bizarre and that's probably why I like it. It's just an interesting show. And so when is the final season begin? So it starts August 4th and it's not all at once though. You got to wait every week for another uh, episode. All right. <laughs> so I'll watch the final season in November when it's in all November, together. Yeah, November, <laughs> it should be done by then, yeah. So how about you, George? What do you got in your list? Well, I'm looking forward to something that I believe will be dropped all at once and that's Glow Season 3. Uh, glorious Starting on la- August. Ladies of yeah. Yeah. Gorgeous right. Ladies of Wrestling. Gorgeous, gorgeous yeah. Ladies of Wrestling. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they are glorious. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but yeah, they are also gorgeous. Based off of real life experience, there was really a Glow organization back in the 70s and 80s, I believe. I remember, yeah. yeah um, but this is obviously a highly dramatized version of that. It's got some great acting in it. They actually hire an employee as actors, professional wrestlers in some cases, which is really nice because it brings a little bit of authenticity mm-hmm. yep. to everything. Um, what I find that's really funny is a lot of the times the professional wrestlers are the people who in the characterization part of the show, they're the ones who know the least about wrestling. Oh, that's, yeah. So they have to kind of bumble their way through it a little bit, which Play is kind of funny. Type. That could be fun. Yeah. yeah. It's even developed a new comic book series that's been out for a few issues now, which I really enjoy. So I love everything Glow. And August 5th, season three, I'll definitely be watching. You really stuck with this one, too. You started it back in season one. I remember you talked about it on the show. And Mm -hmm. it's continued to hold your attention. So that's say a lot of sometimes series will peter out, but this one's stuck with it. I don't see them being a forever type series. Like I see maybe four seasons, maybe five at the most. But this is done really well so far. So we'll have to see how season three goes. So don't outstay its welcome, but so far, good quality. Season three, Absolutely. August 5th. Awesome. City News, Mr. Keebler. Can you tell us what your new sandwich cookies look like? No comment. Well, we hear they've got creamy fillings. No comment. We hear they're all delicious. They are? Oh, were you talking to the cookie? The cookie? <clears throat> no comment. New EL Fudge Sandwich Cookies from Keebler. If there was anything in this show you'd like to learn more about, the show notes which accompany each episode are full of links to click and explore. Catch up on past episodes and get pinged every time a new one's released by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. And you know, iTunes reviews help more than you know. So if you haven't yet, please rate and review us in the iTunes app. And if you have a friend who isn't yet listening, why not? 
tell them about us. They'll thank you later. You're our fourth listener, and we'd love to read your emails right here on the show. So hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com. And finally, Gen X Grown Up is more than just this podcast. Our YouTube channel has hundreds of videos ready for you to enjoy. Plus, you can find our entire body of work on genxgrownup.com. That is going to wrap it up for another edition of the Gen X Grown Up podcast. Before we get out of here. Finally. Yeah, Jesus. Wow. <laughs> what did I do to you? Sorry to inconvenience you. <laughs> Before we get out of here, I want to take a moment to thank all of the amazing folks who support us over on oh, Patreon. Yeah, for sure. Who take a couple of bucks out of their pocket every month and support us financially. And I'm thanking you, Chad, Mike, Thomas, Levi, Agile, Slowmo, Dana, Stubaka, Stian, Will, Greg, Mark. Marcus, T2, and Corey, these are all folks who support what we do. They believe in what we do. They keep things cooking over here at the podcast and the YouTube channel on the website, really keep gas in the tank and could not thank you guys enough. If you would like to join this amazing roster of human beings, you can head over to patreon.com slash genxgrownup and get all the details about the benefits and the levels available to you. We'll be back in two weeks with a regular edition of the show, but next week is our backtrack. George, tell the fine fourth listeners what the backtrack all about we had such a great time doing our top 10 one hit wonders of generation x Mm -hmm. that we decided to parlay that into another top 10 (laughs) podcast this time it will be top 10 tv show theme songs of generation x you will not want to miss this one man it's so hard (laughs) to make those lists oh my god it's painful oh no yeah (laughs) i rewrote my top 10 17 times and it was a different top 10 every single time are you gonna stick with 10 this time george no I'm gonna I'm gonna lie. He's already cheat. cheating. I'm gonna He's add stuff cheating. in that's not even on the list. Like this is George number eight. And I'm like, oh yeah, but I've got two other number eights. Hold eight, on. B and eight C. Stand by. That'll be next week. Until then, I am John. George, thank you for being here. Yes, sir. Mo, always appreciate you. Oh man, always fun. And fourth listener, you know we appreciate you most of all, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. See you guys. Take care, everybody. GenX Grown Up is a member of the Evergreen Podcast family. Learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. We're also an affiliate of the Geeks Worldwide Radio Network. You can check them out at the GWW.com. I am John. Joining me as always, my co-hosts, my co-hosts, cohorts. Co-hosts. Is that co-hosts? Co- or, yeah. is that, that's a combination of co-hosts again. and cohorts. Right? It, it, it's, well, those are the two words I was going to say. <laughs> I didn't get to it. Ever since you went to that new opening, it's you've had trouble with it. Yeah. I, I have trouble just talking in general when I was up till two. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll try that again. That is a highly anticipated film that turned out a little different than we expected. Inspe- fucking talking. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was a highly anticipated film that turned out a little differently than we inspected. Wow. Inspected. (laughs) Expected. How can I say that differently so I can say the words? Use your words. Hit Pass Moto, sponsored by Moto America, is the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. From candid interviews with the top names in racing to providing insights into the trends and trendsetters driving the motorcycle industry, we have you covered. New episodes are available every Thursday at pitpassmoto.com and on your favorite podcast app. Ride on!